Hey guys, welcome to day 10 of our 31 days of wisdom. And I hope you've been enjoying it. I hope you've been gaining a lot of wisdom throughout. Uh, today, we're talking about words and wealth. You know, if we look back through the first nine chapters, you'll notice that we talked about that those first nine chapters kind of like a father speaking to a child. Well, here in verse or chapters 10 and, and going forward, we really dive into what Proverbs is known for, like those two line um, uh, Proverbs or sayings that really uh, Proverbs is known for. But these dudes right here in chapter 10, well, they they pack a punch. And there's two themes that you'll really notice as you kind of read through chapter 10. Words and wealth. Those are the two themes that you will notice here. And here, here's the thing, our words are, are really powerful. And as we go through this, you'll see how they can be used to create good or bring down destruction and bring about disaster. And then the other thing is the wealth. I want you to check out as you read through uh, chapter 10 here is how wealth is created and how wealth is lost. It's really interesting. You know, we've got a worldview of how that happens, but the, the Bible is pretty clear on how wealth is created and how wealth is lost. So Let's go ahead and jump right on in. This is chapter 10, 31 days of wisdom. Here we go. The wisdom of Solomon. When wisdom comes to a son, joy comes to a father. When a son turns from wisdom, a mother grieves. Gaining wealth through dishonesty is no gain at all. But honesty brings you a lasting happiness. The Lord satisfies the longings of all his lovers, but he withholds from the wicked what their souls crave. Slackers will know what it means to be poor, while the hard worker becomes wealthy. Verse 5, one of, my, one of my favorite verses right here. Know the importance of the season you're in, and a wise son you will be. But what a waste! When an incompetent son sleeps through his day of opportunity. I like that. Other, other um, translations, they'll, they'll kind of say it like this. To gather in the summer is to be a wise son, but to sleep through the harvest is a disgrace. And I think the important thing there is to understand the times and the seasons that we are in collectively, but you, you are in in life too. There are rhythms and there are seasons to life. Um, in the Old Testament, um, it talks about the sons of Issachar and the sons of Issachar knew the times and the seasons and knew what to do. And I think it's important for us. I just want you to pause for a second right now. I just just kind of scale out. And what season do you think we're in? What, what cycle of life do you think we are in collectively and then you individually? And what do you think God is doing? And I think right now, right now, I truly believe God is doing something incredible in our world right now. And I think it's a time for us to really press in to see what he is doing and how he wants us to come alongside of him and allow him to work in with and through us. I really want to encourage you to just pause for a moment and press in and see what Holy Spirit is telling you during this time and season. Because again, know the importance of the season you're in and a wise son you will be. But what a waste when an incompetent son sleeps through his day of opportunity. That's good stuff. The lover of God is enriched beyond belief, but the evil man only curses his luck. 
the reputation of the righteous becomes a sweet memorial to him, while the wicked life only leaves a rotten stench. The heart of, wise, of the wise will easily accept instruction, but those who do all the talking are too busy to listen and learn. They'll just keep stumbling ahead into the mess they've created. Hmm. The one who walks in integrity will experience a fearless confidence in life, but the one who is devious will eventually be exposed. Think about that. The one who walks in integrity will, will experience a fearless confidence. You have a fearless confidence because you ain't doing nothing wrong, right? Walking in integrity. And, and it, we just talked about how honesty brings about wealth too, right? Verse 10, the troublemaker will always have a clever plan and won't look you in the eye. But the one who speaks correction honestly can be trusted to make peace. The teachings of the lovers of God are like living truth flowing from the fountain of life. But the words of the wicked hide an ulterior motive. Hatred keeps old quarrels alive. But love draws a veil over every insult and finds a way to make sin disappear. Words of wisdom flow from the one with true discernment. But to the heartless, words of wisdom become like rods beating their backside. Here we kind of see how words can either uplift or tear people down. See, our words should be, I love what he said right here, is like life-giving fountain. Think about that. Are your words that, that you're speaking, the words you're speaking to other people, is it like a life-giving fountain? Or is it like a rod beating folks on the backside, right? Our words should uplift and motivate and encourage if we ain't got nothing good to say he says shut your mouth right keep it shut right so here we go verse 14 wise men don't divulge all that they know but chattering fools will blurt out words that bring them to the brink of ruin a rich man's wealth becomes like a citadel of strength but the poverty of the poor leaves their security in shambles the lovers of god earn their wages for a life of righteousness but the wages of the wicked are squandered on a life of sin. If you readily receive correction, you're walking on the path to life. But if you reject rebuke, you're guaranteed to go astray. All through Proverbs, one of the, thing, one of the major themes right there is how we respond to correction and discipline. Are we willing to receive it or do we feel like we're, we're a know-it-all, right? Um, one of the things I've come to find is, you know, everyone can be your teacher. You can learn something from everyone. And, and you think about in business, too, you may have a complaining customer. Well, I can tell you within every complaining customer is a request. There is a request in there somewhere. And many times we just get frustrated at the complaining customer instead of stepping back and seeing if there, there's some kind of uh, truth in there. Or when somebody says something bad about us or tries to put us down, we get upset and angry. And sometimes, you know, they, they say stuff like that for no reason. But within that, is there some kind of truth? And are we willing to receive some correction? But the main point right there is, who are you surrounding yourself with? Have you given somebody the flashlight to kind of shine it into those dark spaces of our lives to talk life into us and serve as those guardrails? right? And to give us some correction. And are we really, really allowing God to correct us as well? So 
Here we go. 17 uh, or 18. I'm sorry. The one who hides his hatred while pretending to be your friend is nothing but a liar. But the one who slanders you behind your back proves that he's a fool never to be trusted. If you keep on talking, it won't be long before you're saying something really wrong. Prove your wise from the very start. Just bite your tongue and be strong. The teachings of the godly ones I like this. This is this is good right here. The teachings of the godly ones are like pure silver, bringing words of redemption to others. But the heart of the wicked is corrupt. That goes right along with the words that flow through you. Are they like a life-giving fountain, right? Are they a life-giving fountain? Teachings of the godly ones are like pure silver. It's like pure silver and gold to those that, that are listening. The lovers of God feed many with their teachings, but the foolish ones starve themselves for lack of an understanding heart. True enrichment comes from the blessing of the Lord with rest and contentment and knowing that it all comes from Him. How about that? That is good. That, that's another one that you need to go back. We need to go back and read multiple times. The fool finds his fun in doing wrong, but the wise delight in having discernment. The lawless are haunted by their fears, but what they dread will come upon them. But the longings of the lovers of God will all be fulfilled. I hope you guys are checking out some of these promises right here, okay? The wicked are blown away by every stormy wind, but when a catastrophe comes, the lovers of God have a secure anchor. To trust the lazy person to get a job done, well, that'll be like as irritating as smoke in your eyes and as enjoyable as a toothache. Living in the worship and awe of God will bring you many years of contented living. So how could the wicked ever expect to have a long and happy life? Lovers of God have a joyful feast of gladness, but the ungodly see their hopes vanish right before their eyes. The beautiful ways of God are a safe resting place for those who have integrity, but to those who work wickedness, the ways of God spells doom. Here we go, verse 30. God's lovers can never be greatly shaken, but the wicked will never inherit the covenant blessings. The teachings of the righteous are loaded with wisdom, but the words of the evil are crooked and perverse. Words that bring the light, poor from the lips of the godly, but the words of the wicked are duplicitous. And that's good. And as you look back through there, I'd encourage you to go back and read and check out those two themes, wealth and words. And, you know, kind of an action step for us today is, you know, what is what is the word? What does scripture say about wealth and words? And then what are your thoughts as it pertains to wealth and words? And and, and here, here's my main thing, because I, I think a lot of people get caught up in the the wealth, and especially uh, in Christian circles, they have a um, presumption about wealth. I want you to look at what Scripture says about wealth, and what are your thoughts as it pertains to wealth? And not just wealth in general, but you being wealthy, right? What, what does Scripture say about wealth? And what do you think about you being wealthy? And then is there a gap between the two? That, that's that's my encouragement for you today. That's the action step for today is wealth and thoughts, your or words, wealth and words and your thoughts 
as it pertains to your wealth and your words? And is there a gap between the two? Hope you've enjoyed day 10. Looking forward to being back with you guys tomorrow on day 11. Have a great day and God bless.